Holden, how was your trip to Minneapolis, Minnesota? Uh, pretty good. Went and uh, dropped off my girlfriend. She's moving up there for uh, a job. I'm staying in, in Sioux Falls for the time being. But yeah, uh, it, was, it was a cool trip. Went and uh, ate a lot of good food. I got a lot of good food up there. I was like, oh, yeah. What was the what was the best thing you ate? Um, there was a cafe called Keys. It's like Keys Cafe or something. Um, and I'm not very good with the neighborhoods of Minneapolis, so I apologize. <laughs> I, I don't know exactly which part of Minneapolis it was in, but I think there's actually a couple locations. Um, but they had like maybe the best pancakes I've ever had. They were really oh, wow. good. It was just kind of this like little hole in the wall establishment, but apparently that was like the original one, and they've like made a couple others since. So I think it's just a popular cafe in that area. So you're saying Keys Cafe unlocked a whole new perspective? You could, yeah, you could say that. (laughs) (laughs) I did also. uh, I ate at a Mexican hamburger place. I didn't know that was like a thing, but apparently like they made ham they make hamburgers the way they make it in the streets of Mexico, which is like with a bunch of different kinds of meat and like different kinds of cheese and stuff and it was it's a lot but it was pretty good. That sounds pretty good. Mhm. Um maybe they'll feature that that Mexican hamburgers in the Forever Purge. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right, Holden, let's get this show on the road. Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a good day. Me too, me too. Uh, We've got a great episode for you this week featuring our review of Luca and uh, Loki, episode two. Luca and Loki. Yeah, very nice. Luca, of course, being the brand new Pixar movie mm-hmm. that comes with your Disney Plus subscription. No premiere access, $30 fee required. Thank you. How about that? All right, Holden. Let's do it. That one movie podcast. Tom. First, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. So many Toms. I don't know. I, I didn't really keep up with the news. Are there many Toms this week? No, there's not. It's pretty weak. We- okay, well, that's good. The Toms! The Toms! The Toms! Tom's is a rapid-fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw is the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Yes, Holden, what do we got this week? Oh, God, not much. I really had to, this was a week where I just had to scrape bottom of the barrel. There's there's a couple interesting things. First off, we have uh, Nobody 2. Um, we watched Nobody not too long ago. We both quite enjoyed it. The Bob Odenkirk-led action film, ba- very similar in style to John Wick in a lot of ways. Uh, but director uh, Ilya Nyshuller, I don't, I probably botched that, but 
Uh, yes, almost certainly. <laughs> director of the first Nobody film confirms that a sequel is being written by the writer of the original film. Uh, it's still not officially greenlit by the studio, but considering the uh, like pandemic success of the first one and how everyone likes it, and it seems like everyone involved in the first one is involved in this one, I'm guessing it's going to happen. Yeah, you know who's surprised that this movie's getting a sequel? Nobody. <laughs> That's right. <home. laughs> yeah, I mean, I I liked the first one a lot. Um, I think, even though I can't remember the main character's name, I just thought I liked him a lot. I thought it was he differentiated himself enough from John Wick, even though like the trailers kind of indicate that maybe it's just a, a John Wick clone, but it's not. This character is a lot more just unhinged. <laughs> And I really like that. He's he just likes to fight. It's enjoyable. Hey man, give me more Christopher Lloyd shooting people with shotguns, and I'll I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> that was good too. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm I'm excited for this. Bob Odenkirk seemed to really like the first one, and I think he was actually the he said like when right when the first one came out, he's like, yeah, I'm down for a second one. So yeah, I'll give this a Brokaw Holden. Brokaw for me as well. Uh, similar news, uh, but not quite as welcome, uh, Scoob 2, <laughs> apparently, so we, we reviewed Scoob, this was one of the only, like, new, new movies that came out, like, middle of last year, it was the new Scooby-Doo animated movie, we rented it, we watched it, neither of us liked it, <laughs> um, So the director of the first movie, uh, Tony Carvone, has said that the creative team behind the first one is back in developing something new. Um, He said, actually, we are kicking the tires on a follow-up to Scoob. It hasn't been announced yet, but it's something we're all excited about. The whole creative team that made the first movie is still around and back and working on something new. It was neat to create this Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe, and it's exciting to return to it. (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) Uh, I don't really... Did I hate the first one? I don't know. I did you I feel like I thought it was fine. I don't know. I don't think I, either of us liked it. I I definitely gave it like a two and a half or three. You might have given it like a four. But I think I we don't know. we both didn't like it. I just remember it was a lot of Hanna Barbera properties and it was like, okay, I guess we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody who It was all like shoehorned in there. And it was like very weird because it's a Scooby Doo movie, but it's not like like solving a ghost mystery. It's just like, hey, there's this evil guy with robots. It's yeah. defeated. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's never gonna supersede Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed. Surely not in my heart. <laughs> well, it's not gonna have James Gunn attached to uh, yeah make it like that movie did. Nor Seth Green playing a love interest for <laughs> Vilma. So I'm going to give this a Bombadil. I'm going to give it a Bombadil too. I, side note, I think I mentioned like a month or two ago I did rewatch Scooby-Doo 2. But Seth Green in that movie is very funny. <laughs> um, I haven't seen it in a, in a while. But uh, first off, when I was little, Scooby-Doo was my favorite IP mm-hmm. in the world. More than Star Wars, more than anything. And, uh, like, my friends and I would play Scooby-Doo on the playground every day at recess. Sure. It was, had all the toys, I had the mystery machine, all the stuff. Um, so, yeah, and Scooby-Doo 2 was my favorite movie when it came out. 
so I I have a soft Spartan a soft soft spot in uh, I have a soft spot in my heart for <laughs> Scooby Doo. Is Sean Connery still alive? No, no. I'm pretty sure not. he died within the last I, few years. I don't know. Did he? I'm pretty sure. I'll look <laughs> it up. <laughs> I I want him if he's alive or dead. He needs to appear in the new Indiana Jones movie. Oh That's yeah, he I yeah say. he died on Halloween last year. That's <laughs> spooky. I didn't know it was that recent. Interesting. We probably talked about it on the podcast. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, Scooby Doo. I like the franchise. I'd love to see the new movie, but Scoob didn't do it for me. So Scoob Two. Two. Did you want to do you want a two Scoob Sunday? Scoob Two. Uh, monsters contained let's scoob two are you you're a noob scoob and they just play fortnite (laughs) you gotta cater to gen z okay uh next piece of news uh i feel like the last few weeks uh, i've had john wick casting news but here's even more um, so uh, Hiroyuki Sanada, I also probably botched that name, I apologize, uh, has been cast in an unknown role. Uh, he has most recently been uh, uh, seen as Scorpion in Mortal Kombat. Uh, he was also that one evil guy from Army of the Dead, <laughs> like the evil businessman. Uh, oh, yeah, then- yeah, yeah, uh, Tanaka. Oh, Okay. Why do I you know that? Remember name? that? I only remember that name because it's also the name of a, a pitcher. In oh, okay. Baseball. Uh, and then I had actually forgotten until I was reading about this, but he's actually a major player, and I think season two of Westworld. And I was like, oh yeah, that's where I know knew him from previously. Um. So yeah, what do you think of that guy being in John Wick? For? I think it's great because we we what, we got him, we got Donnie Yen, we mm-hmm. got Bill Skarsgård. No. Who, yeah. Who else? Wait, wasn't was it? it? I don't remember. <laughs> he was definitely cast in something. <laughs> um, Man, we should like. Uh, there's one other famous person who's been not. Who is it? I'm gonna is say uh, it, tentatively. It's Bill Skarsgård. Ah, oh, boy. Man, this is not good. <laughs> you get. Yeah, it's Bill Skarsgård. Uh, it is. Just okay. looked it up. We um, literally probably just talked about that last week or the week before. Yeah. Between the knives, it's hard to keep the knives out castings and the John Wick castings yeah. separate. Because they're other, both they getting like all star like castings. Maybe it's a crossover. Maybe, Maybe it's the same movie. Oh, that'd be interesting. That um, be I, I think excellent. this, I think this casting is good. I mean, he as Scorpion, probably he had like the best fight scene at the beginning of Mortal Kombat. I think he was pretty good in that. Um, he was really good at Westworld from what I remember. So, uh, yeah, I mean, seems to be a cool martial arts action star. Down to see more of those talented people in, uh, in, in John Wick. Yeah, I'll give it a Broca as well. Broca. Uh, and then this was a rumor um, also attached to John Wick is that apparently Wesley Snipes has been approached about uh, joining John Wick as some sort of sword wielder character blade (laughs) yeah that's what i was thinking well the the article that i clicked on it was like it talked about this and then it just showed a picture of blade (laughs) i was like yeah i mean 
It's not big. That, Do you have any opinions on Wesley cool. Snipes? That could be cool. I really don't know. I haven't seen Wesley Snipes in anything, so I don't really have a, an opinion on him, so I'll give it a Bergeron. I'll give it a Broca. I mean, he's seen, he knows how to wield the sword. At least he did like 20 years ago in Blade, so <laughs> I'll just assume he's kept those skills. Um, next up, this kind of ties to our topic for next week, but Fast and Furious. Apparently... I thought that Fast and Furious was... I thought that 9 and 10 were filming back-to-back. I thought we had talked about that, like, way back when we, like, even covered Hobbs and Shaw or whatever. But apparently the Fast and Furious movies are ending on the 11th one, and 10 and 11 are filming back-to-back. Whatever. Uh, But basically, longtime director Justin Lin, who is doing the current one, and I think he did 3 through 6? I can't remember. James Wan did 7. I don't think... Justin Lin did eight. I don't know. Anyway, apparently Justin Lin's going to finish the series off as well. You have any thought on this? Uh, I'm just trying to think of a way to incorporate eleven into the title. Yeah. I can't believe they're ending it. They're right. ending it at eleven, huh? Yeah, they're they're cutting themselves. I bet they have like the scripts and everything written for ten and eleven, and they're like, we cannot think of anything else to do. <laughs> like we've we've gone as far as we feasibly can. We don't know what else to do with these with this world. So we got we got the the tease of time travel at the end of nine, or not time travel, <laughs> sorry, space at the end of nine. Then space in ten, and then time travel in eleven. There we go, and, and there we go. And 11 is going to be like an Avengers Endgame type of thing where they time travel and just go back to different Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> and Vin Diesel has to fight himself. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to fight you. I'm just here to stop the time machine. <laughs> He's like, I gotta do what I gotta do just for my family. <laughs> That's a pretty good impression. <laughs> yeah thank you thank, uh, well it wasn't it wasn't me it was vin diesel he's right here oh hey vin diesel y- you know he's doing this the press circuit for for f9 yeah he decided to come on to this podcast for an episode that doesn't relate to him at all except for this i'm really excited to hear you guys f9 review next week it's gonna be great Thanks for coming, Vin Diesel. Uh, Thank leave. you, Vin Diesel. I'm a huge fan of your family film, The Pacifier. I've never seen it. I'm a huge yeah, fan of it your was film. A good flick when I was little. Huge fan of your film, Bloodshot. Uh, Did anyway, you see Bloodshot? No, I haven't seen Bloodshot. <laughs> Come on, Holden. Uh, yeah, I'll give this a, a Bergeron. I mean, I almost want to give it a Brokaw just to commend them for, you know, they're going to end it. They're not just keeping going, but I'm going to go Bergeron. I'll go Broca, Holden. Why not? I All haven't right. seen F1 through 8, so <laughs> let's just dive into F9, 10, 11, and just that's my trilogy. Darn it. There we go. They'll bring um, it back, Holden. They'll bring it back. <laughs> um, this, was, this isn't like breaking news, but James Gunn in an interview said, uh, that apparently Warner Bros. approached him for DC films like immediately after he was fired from Disney, which I kind of remember this happening in like real time. Like it was not long after he was fired initially that he got announced to be on Suicide Squad. Uh, but he, I'm going to read what he said. 
Uh, Warner came a calling pretty immediately upon the news. I think everyone, everything kind of went down with Disney on like a Friday. And I think by Monday, the Warners were trying to get a hold of me to talk to me about Superman and a bunch of other stuff. But it took me a little while to decide what I was going to do. I really just needed to take care of myself from an emotional and spiritual place. Before agreeing to anything, I took the three ideas that excited me the most. Two were actually DC projects, and then the other one was an original idea. For about a month, every other day, I worked on one of those projects, trying to see where the ideas would go. The Suicide Squad really did seem the thing that excited uh, excited me the most. That's when I went and told DC, because they'd offered me basically anything I wanted to make. The one I wanted to make was Suicide Squad. And they were like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Like, sure why don't why this a Batman? Yeah. <laughs> why, did, why this one? Um, yeah, I mean, this doesn't surprise me. Like I said, that news that he was doing Suicide Squad, I mean, it was very surprising. I mean, that, and it, that it came that soon after uh, his firing from Disney. And then, of course, he's, he's subsequently been rehired by Disney. But... Um, yeah, just I, I I think that's funny that Warner Bros. wasted no time trying to get him on board. Yeah, well, I wanted a live action adaptation of Scooby Doo and Batman and Robin, James Gunn. Trick. So thank you for letting me down. You were the <laughs> only person who could have done it justice. I also saw. I think it's the same interview that he said that he talked to both Disney and. Um, warner bros about doing a suicide squad guardians of the galaxy crossover and of course they said no would have been pretty cool though so are you saying that they were fighting over gun control (laughs) (laughs) that is that's pretty good (laughs) thank you all right thank you thank you you got you got to hit one occasionally jimmy well it's i just got to thank my writing staff that i have oh okay well, I'll tell um, your writing staff they usually do a shitty job. <laughs> uh, you know what? They do the best they can, Holden. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's not really like like big news or anything, but I'll give it a Broca, I guess. I don't know. It's more I'll just interesting. I'll give it a Bergeron because I think it's just kind of neutral news. Sure. Um, and that's basically it for movie news i did want to get into uh e3 for tog e3 part two basically the only thing we had left was nintendo which obviously only i care about between the two of us so i'll just read through it (laughs) jimmy's like frowning on his side do you care about nintendo news jimmy uh i don't not care about it but i mean i just don't have a i don't have a switch so i guess it I, I feel like I should play Breath of the Wild someday. Okay. Well, speaking of which, there was a footage shown at Nintendo's E3 presentation. I guess I should clarify. Nintendo doesn't have an E3 presentation. They just always do an online thing at the same time as E3. So it's basically an E3 presentation. Anyway, they showed off some footage for the new Breath of the Wild game. There's still no title yet, so everyone's still just calling it Breath of the Wild 2. Uh, it seems to run in the same engine as the first game, um, but with just like new stuff. It seems like there's weird time manipulation mechanics in it, and like I don't know. There's it. I didn't really understand a lot of what was happening because I still also haven't played Breath of the Wild. But everyone's really hyped for this because that first game is like everyone's favorite Nintendo game in recent memory. So 
Looks, did you see the footage at all, Jimmy? No, I didn't see it, but I'll just give it a broke up because Nintendo's quality control is pretty spectacular. Yeah. From what I hear. I just, it's, it's not like my, it's not, I don't have anything against Nintendo, but it's like, it doesn't compel me. That's like, I need to play this right now mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, I'll give it a Broca as well. I'm going to probably play Breath of the Wild pretty soon. I mean, now that I have a Switch, I really have no excuse. Uh, a couple other big titles that were announced uh, that people are excited for. I don't care about these two as much. Uh, a new Mario Party game. Apparently, it kind of brings together... It's an amalgamation of a bunch of classic Mario Party mini games, and they bring back some old Mario Party boards. It's kind of a celebration of the series. So if you're a big Mario Party fan, there you go. I like Mario Party. I like doing. I like playing it at like when there's you got a group of people together. It's kind of fun. It's really easy to get angry at each other about it. I don't think I've ever played a Mario Party game. You know, it's really? like I Smash Bros and Mario Kart. I love those, but mm-hmm. you know, I don't have friends, so you kind of need <laughs> friends to play those. That's true. Uh, <laughs> Mario Party's kind of in that same same grouping, I guess. That's true. Mario Party, I don't think I really played until the Switch one, honestly. And then I've I've had friends that have had the Switch one. I don't have it myself, but I've played that one quite a bit. So I'm not familiar with the old games as much, but cool for those who like them. Uh, there was a new WarioWare game announced, which WarioWare is pretty fun. It's just it's like a bunch of really silly like mini games that are very very short. The WarioWare series is like a really distinct sense of humor that i really enjoy it's pretty it's like a sense of humor that's pretty accessible to everyone it's it's a little crude it's a little rude um but i i quite enjoy it um but the biggest announcement for me was uh despite the fact that there was no metroid prime 4 news i i briefly mentioned this on the podcast last week because my brother texted me in the middle of the podcast but i didn't actually look into it until after uh, but there was a new Metroid game announced. Uh, it's a new two-dimensional Metroid game in the uh, like same vein as the original games. It's actually the first original 2D Metroid game since uh, Metroid Fusion on the Game Boy Advance way back in like 2002. Um, but it's called Metroid Dread. Uh, the title of that is significant because Dread has been like like the name of a Metroid game that's been that was in development for like the DS that was like canceled and uncanceled several times, and so this name dates back to like 2004 and stuff. Um, but apparently, it the gameplay was shown off. Looks very clean, very fun. It's gonna be like kind of a stealth game. There's an enemy in it that's kind of like a Mister X kind of enemy that seems mm. like it's gonna follow you through a lot of the game be able to find you and chase after you and it's apparently going to close out the overarching story of the the 2d metroid games uh so this has kind of been made as a way to tide fans over for metroid prime 4 which nintendo is spending a lot of time on it's being made by uh, a previous metroid developer who did a very good 3ds game um so I'm very excited for this. I think I might even pre-order this because Metroid, as I've said many times, Metroid is my favorite Nintendo franchise. So I'll give it an honorary Brokaw for you, Holden. Yeah, Brokaw. Two, Thomas, two thumbs up Brokaw from me. Uh, that's it, though, pretty much. Uh, there's a lot of other Nintendo stuff, but it's a lot of indie games I wasn't really aware of or 
ports and Guardians of the Galaxy is getting a cloud version for it. Who cares? <laughs> I'm not going to buy a cloud version of a game on the Switch. That's just pointless. Um, yeah, I think that's it for Tom's, unless you have anything, Jimmy. Well, I mean, there's the whole Batman controversy, but I don't think we need to get what, on. What is it? No, I'll get into oh, it. Oh, we can talk about it. You can Google it later. Okay. <laughs> we'll keep this a family-friendly podcast. Huh? All right, all right. Batman gets into some... Well, some people, I think it was the Harley Quinn show, wanted to show Batman oh, yeah, doing yeah, yeah. some stuff with Catwoman, and they're like, hey, no, let's not do that. Yeah, so I actually thought about bringing that up last that. week, but I didn't, so. Look at that. All right, that's it for Tom's. Let's go on to our review of episode number two of Loki, and this will be Loki. spoilery. So if Spoiler. you haven't seen Loki episode two, check out the time codes in the description. Jump to our, either our review of Luca or uh, what are you doing? Holden, let's do it. <laughs> All right, so uh, Loki episode two, um, continuation, of, uh, second episode of six of this hit Disney Plus series. Apparently, this is their most popular one so far. They also said that about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I feel like that was not more popular than WandaVision because who cared about that show? <laughs> Some people surprisingly did, but I was not one of them. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so we both quite liked the first episode, um, and I also liked this second episode. Um, I think it, for me, it builds on a lot of what the first episode set up. Um, it's not, it's not really meandering at all so far. I mean, it's, it, I feel like everything in this episode was either in service of the overall plot or building the characters up, um. I don't know. It felt like a, a solid second episode. What did you think? It was really good, Holden. I liked it just as much as the first one. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, I'm going, I'm pilling up Disney Plus right now because it was basically six days ago that I watched this. Mm -hmm. it's just to refresh. Why is, there we go. Let me make sure I can get this up here. Episode two, the variant. Da, da, da. Okay, I'm just going to go kind of scrub through it to talk about different things. What okay. was from this episode? So we got the whole... Oh, the medieval festival was in... Oh, yeah, okay. So it starts off where they're at the medieval festival tracking down the, the variant. Yeah. And <laughs> Loki's all like, oh, this is the variant's plan. This is what they're thinking of doing. And, like, he totally had me fooled. Yeah, he did. He had for me, too. I was like, well, what I thought was I thought they were go like they were going to think he was crying wolf like right away, which I think is kind of what they're setting up with this. But like it kind of feels like it felt like, oh, he's he's coming up with this plan. They're not going to believe him, but it's true. But no, they he was actually just lying. And that was like a long scene, but it was like very interesting and cool also the renaissance fair before it said what year it was i was going to like i thought it was they were going to try to say it was like actually medieval times and i was going to be like that does not look real <laughs> but then it said it was like i don't know like 
1990 something. I was like, oh, okay, Renaissance Fair. Yeah, I yeah I really enjoyed enjoyed watching that and how they're like how he just was like, oh, this is exactly what this other Loki is thinking, mm-hmm. and this is that, and here's what's gonna happen. This is a trap. You la la la. I totally bought everything he was saying. And then Mobius, Owen Wilson's character, is just like, no, <laughs> he's lying. <laughs> and he totally was. He just called him on it. Um, so that was, I thought that was a really interesting way to, to start the show. I definitely think the, the judge lady is the bad person in the show. I, um, Yeah, probably. Man. Well, I mean, because like this show, I, I don't know if it's like purposely trying to make us think this, but the, the timekeepers just don't seem to exist. I feel like they're not real, or at least they're not what the characters are saying, like what Owen Wilson thinks it is. Because I, I think Owen Wilson is like definitely convinced that they are what they say they are. He seems to fully believe in it. I don't think he's being deceptive or anything. Yeah, and it's just yeah, I I agree with that. And and like uh, she, she like even in her office, she's got like the three timekeeper statues. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I think she's like the actual time like she is doing the strings she's the one pulling the strings i think that's like a foreshadowing that yeah um because yeah owen wilson hasn't seen the timekeepers he wants to see the timekeepers nobody seems to really have seen the timekeepers so if nobody's seen them that's very suspicious yeah i agree she probably is the villain and especially she's like i mean she's not like a super like like an a-list well-known actress but she's in a lot of other things so they probably hired her to be the villain that'd be my guess uh i also like another aesthetic that it kind the the whole tba reminds me of i think i said it reminded me of control and shape of water last week i also get like ministry of magic vibes yeah you know what i'm saying with like all the offices and all that Mm -hmm. um i loved like how Loki's like digging through all the archives looking for things. It's it just, I like the kind of detective aspect of it. Yeah, I do he too. He finds out that Asgard was destroyed um, in an apocalypse and the whole theory that uh, if you can, I, <laughs> the whole salad metaphor, that was pretty funny. <laughs> Owen Wilson just being sad that his salad's getting destroyed. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think the, the the idea of like hiding in apocalypses is pretty cool because it and it makes sense like if you do like if you make any minor changes when the like this big disaster is about to happen then it won't matter in the grand scheme of things yeah i i really have loved the banter between owen wilson and uh tom hiddleston oh yeah show. it's been their chemistry is incredible well, and uh, e- even beyond just like their like the humor, like I think them they they express a lot of each other's philosophies in this episode, where we kind of get the like we start to learn why Owen Wilson is so like adamant and believing in all of this and everything, and, and Loki just has a completely different perspective on life, and so that like because Owen like Owen Wilson's like well it'd be great if like there was peace and order and everything right and then loki's like no that would be boring <laughs> like who wants that and i think here yeah. like both are like valid points that they both seem to eagerly 
believe in. And I, I think this episode also starts to show what I predicted last week of like Loki making Mobius doubt himself a little bit. It doesn't happen a lot, but there's a conversation they have where like Loki definitely starts swaying Mobius a little bit. Well, I mean, and the whole thing of like, oh, stability and order, that is always has been just fascism and dictatorship yeah. throughout <laughs> history. That's been the argument. So it, it clearly, I mean, I would be stunned if we're not heading in a direction where the TVA is not some kind of misguided organization, if not downright being manipulated by an evil force mm-hmm. in the universe whether it's the timekeepers or or the judge character or or lady loki which we can get into later or whatever um but going back to the uh the theory that uh, the variant is hiding in apocalypses of course they test the theory in pompeii mm-hmm. fun scene of course historically inaccurate oh my god <laughs> <laughs> what's historically um, inaccurate about it jimmy first off it just like shows like <laughs> like four different buildings pompeii was a legit city um but the the big inaccuracy is that like it didn't just blow up and everybody died it it happened in various stages so like the volcano erupted and Mm -hmm. and the uh romans literally didn't even have a word for volcano at the time they had no idea what was going on and so they just kind of were watching it because it was in the distance i mean it's not like i mean it's by mount it's by uh Pompeii but it's not like immediately right outside the city um so they're just like oh that's kind of weird and then it started like raining down light pumice oh, okay and then throughout different stages and then the last stage is kind of this thing called a pyroclastic surge yeah which is like this huge smoke clouds that are super hot and that's what you know uh, petrified everybody and and killed most people but um uh, basically what happened was they, they got like snowed in by volcanic rock, volcanic mm-hmm. ash from the, from the volcano. And that's how they couldn't escape. They had to hide in their homes and the roof started collapsing. And then the pyroclastic surge came in within, and it, it happened over the course of 24 hours is what I wanted to say. So Loki going around saying, Oh, the world's going to end and then the volcano erupts. That would most certainly, uh, change the course of history, but <laughs> Uh, they get the point across, so I'm not going to nitpick it too much. It was fun to watch, and it's uh, I can pull this clip up in my class next year and say, hey, they, it's Marvel, see, they're doing this, but it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll be, be like, hey, what's wrong with just, this scene? You'll be the teacher that kills the fun. I'll be like, what's wrong with this scene, huh? <laughs> yeah. You liked Marvel? Not anymore. Just kidding. <laughs> hey, I'm excited for Babylon and the Eternals, so... Uh, yeah, but no, it was fun to, to watch that and and just the whole rev, uh, revelation that the the variant, the other Loki, is hit, hiding in uh, the apocalypse is is, is fun. Yeah, too. it was fun. Um, so yeah, Lady Loki is like the big twist of this episode. Uh, we but I mean we both thought there's there has to be something up because at the end of the first episode they don't like even though they had said it was a variant of loki they didn't show like their face or even like body or anything um so yeah lady loki apparently a character from the comics i'm not familiar with with her um but yeah i mean this this 
there was like big news um when this show was about to come out that like in the first episode um you see on like loki's information sheet that he he is listed as gender fluid um so i guess this just kind of feeds into that that like loki can turn into anyone literally anyone and this is just lady loki from a different time yeah. i assume um, so the, i love the whole like supermarket sequence um with uh in like 2050 i thought it was cool how we're going to the future now and you know mm-hmm. it's like oh, all these environmental disasters and stuff which is interesting in like a huge supermarket <laughs> um the 2050 supermarket looked like blade runner a little bit especially like outside with like the rain bit, and everything on. But come on, we we got we want to head in that direction as a society to look more like Blade Runner, am I right? Except yeah. for you know all the bad stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and Except Jared for the replicants. Um, yeah, I I uh, I really enjoyed that whole sequence and and how they were like, hey man, like don't make all these people panic, like mm-hmm. like he's like, well, why should they not panic? They're about to die, and it's like, oh, that's true but Mm -hmm. morbid um i am not convinced that i maybe i'm just completely wrong but i kind of think that lady loki is going to be a a good person like i think so too why um or at least like an anti-hero because i'm i'm guessing that like she's trying to rebel against like she probably figured out what the tva is like what's going on underneath or something and she's just like yeah this can't happen and that's why she knows something about judge lady Mm -hmm. mephisto (laughs) just kidding it's not mephisto i think one of the creators literally came out and said mephisto is not in this i think definitively (laughs) um uh but uh i think she found something out about the tva and she's trying to destroy it and now she's like she's gonna explain everything to loki so i think we maybe get all those reveals in the third episode and i guess episodes four and five are very very crazy that's what they said my understanding so um yeah i'm i'm thinking she knows something that we don't know about the tva and that's why she's trying to undermine them rather than oh i'm just the god of mischief or goddess of mischief or whatever um yeah, that's kind of where I'm leaving, but I, maybe I'm wrong, and she's, she'll be more vile than than our Loki we have in, from our dimension. Yeah, I the, I like the ongoing theme for Loki's character of just like trying to make it like himself stand out and be like ha- like be important. <laughs> Because, like, Loki's always felt like, you know, he's he's always wants to be the most important person in the room. And this this version of Loki is being forced into situations where he literally isn't. And, like, people are constantly telling him he's not. Even Lady Loki is like, oh, this isn't about you. Like, <laughs> you're, you're just a cog in their game, basically. Um... So yeah, he's he's trying to stand out, but I guess in like a different way than what villainous typical Loki might usually. Yeah, and of course, uh, Loki follows her through the the monolithic de- portal, teleportation time portal thing. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. It that it's kind of a cool effect. It um, is. But uh, yeah, follows her through that. So I I think she's gonna kind of walk kind of in the way that uh, episode seven of WandaVision, we get a whole explanation of what's going on with Wanda or a lot of backstory. I think she's gonna kind of maybe walk us through a lot and say like, hey, here's what's actually going on here. Yeah. And then he's gonna need to convince Mobius that hey this is going on and again like you said mobius is probably going to be skeptical Mm -hmm. but he'll come around and if that happens you know i'd be okay with that yeah seems like a pretty natural way for the show to go but if it doesn't happen that'd also be cool um then it'd be unexpected and and unique i don't know i've really enjoyed this show so far i gotta say i think uh two killer episodes of course we have the kind of the cliffhanger uh not only loki going with lady loki or whatever. I guess she doesn't go by Loki. She goes by something else. So I don't. I don't know if we have an official name. For I don't her think yet. we do. Isn't it like Lydia or something? I think the the cast list right now just has her as the variant. I don't. Okay. I don't think like the character in the show has said yet. But I thought there was some sort of credit somewhere that said her name was something. Oh, maybe. Either. I don't know. I think I forgot it though. Something like Lydia or something. Um. But then, of course, we have that and then all the time grenades going off, causing all these uh, splinters in the sacred timeline. Again, mm-hmm. I want to say there was a shot of the, the judge lady kind of really being freaked out by that. Maybe because she's evil. <laughs> well, I'm, you know what I would like, even though I obviously I want this show to, I, I want this next episode to focus on Loki and, and Lady Loki, if it if it's going in that direction i think it'd be great if this next episode just has like a montage of like tva people going to different points in history trying to fix it and either being successful or not successful by doing so i think that could potentially be uh pretty entertaining for at least like an opening bit yeah i mean yeah i that could be a good cold open um I'm really excited. I think they're two for two in episodes for the mm-hmm. show. I think this is already so much more interesting than <laughs> Falcon and the Winter Soldier and shaping up to be even more compelling and interesting than WandaVision. Yeah. If it keeps a fun up ride on, this, to go on. on the streak. You know, how impactful it will be of the MCU going forward, we'll see. Uh, you know, um, but it's, again... Marvel has done it again, taken a character I could not, I couldn't care less about, and turned them into someone I like watching, and and taking him with, uh, taking him along with Owen Wilson has been quite the ride so far, and I'm, yeah. I'm really excited. Four episodes left. I've really liked how there hasn't felt like there's been any filler so far. Yeah, um, getting straight to nice. the point. Um, so I guess, do you want to say anything before we give our ratings for this episode, Holman? No, I don't think so. I'm going to go 9 out of 10 again. I think both episodes so far have been really, really good. I've been at the edge of my seat. I've been really interested and and captivated by what's been going on on screen. Yeah, I think I'll give this a 9 out of 10 as well. Super excited for the next few episodes. Yeah, so uh, uh, stay tuned. Uh, We're, as of recording this, the next next episode's coming out tomorrow. Of course, review it next week week holden let's do our non-spoiler review of luca sweet
All right, Luca, we're just, this week is just an advertisement for Disney Plus because we're just doing <laughs> Disney Plus originals <laughs> This for our reviews this week. Um, but yeah, Luca, like Loki, is also on Disney Plus free of charge with your subscription. Um, it's the new Pixar film, second film from Pixar to be released straight to uh, Disney Plus after Soul was at the end of last year. Um... This movie follows a, a Luca, I guess. I was about to ask who's the main character. <laughs> no, so hold on. I was going to tell you this. As I was watching the movie, I was like, I keep forgetting the main guy's name again. And then I realized it's literally the title yeah. of the movie. I felt so <laughs> stupid because they say it a lot at the beginning, but I feel like they don't. Yeah, say later it. on. There's, there's another character where they say their name more often. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but anyway, it follows Luca. He's a little underwater fish boy, sea monster, and uh, he wants to go out and explore the surface world. Uh, but his parents don't like that. It's um, dangerous. It's, it's dangerous. dangerous. There's fishermen. There's a whole village looking to hunt sea monsters for a huge reward. So that's why he's like, I shouldn't go out. But when he go- when when his uh, species of underwater creatures go out they actually morph into humans uh but as soon as they get wet they turn back into sea monsters so if it's like raining or something or if you get dumped on by water you're gonna start looking like a sea monster again so Mm -hmm. or sea creature so that's the risk but maybe there's a lot of cool things that the surface has to offer maybe maybe just maybe maybe (laughs) friendship maybe friendship (laughs) yeah um, yeah holding disney pixar this movie what are your overall overall feelings my my recording stopped for a split second but it, it like just stopped so we're good now all right we're gonna take a brief pause here and then we'll just go back into it we're back holden we hopefully it's all synced up again so <laughs> I wrote apologies. down when that about happened. So you definitely asked me a Luca, what was the overall question? thoughts. Oh, overall thoughts. Overall thoughts. Um, it was it was all right. It's kind of my thought. Um, I didn't love it. I think it's. I don't know. I mean, I think it's like a good movie, but that's about it. <laughs> it's it's not very special to me. I like. I guess I like the the animation style is cool. Um, but even that I don't think is completely flawless. Um, it's just kind of a average Pixar movie to me, I guess. It's not, it's not as good as Soul, in my opinion. It's not as good as Pixar's best. It's kind of like, mm, I might have even liked it less than Onward. I don't know. It's, it's, it's fine. What do you think? I think I liked it. I liked it more than Onward. This movie hit me right in the feels, actually, because one of the one of the characters just really reminded me of a couple of my students. So that just emotionally resonated with me a lot, their development over the course of the movie. So like this movie made me cry a few times. Wuss. Um, so yeah, yeah. How dare I have emotions and care about people, am I right? <laughs> Um, so this movie, I, I really love this movie, but I, I do think that like it, I looking at the criticisms other people had, I, I think they're genuine. I think objectively soul is probably a better movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie did resonate with me more than soul did. So 
I not that I did. I think Soul is a fantastic movie. I think Soul is a more inventive movie and original. This movie is pretty straightforward. It's pretty safe. It's like it's somewhat generic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not as like it's not as creative, I guess, as those other movies. It, but it did still have that emotional core that that hit me really hard. I think um, some of the themes don't play out as well. Because um, I mean, it's basically two opposing sides, right? You have the the people on land, and you have the people in the sea yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, and they both fear each other. It's like, okay, well, we've seen that a million times—the fear of the other—and it's a pretty, yeah, uh, pretty generic, you know, theme. And I, I don't think they leaned into it that much. And that's not—I didn't think that worked that well, or was that well developed. But I do think that the the relationships that the main characters have with each other, these three kids, mm-hmm. I think that worked super well. That did work well. And I, and I bought into their relationships a lot. And and that emotional core was there for me. And that overshadowed some of those other weaknesses or, or things that just didn't stand out like uh, they do in other Pixar movies like, you know, Soul or Inside Out mm-hmm. or other things recently. Um yeah, so I think that would be like my overall opinion of it. I think I I, I loved it. I gotta say, I think I loved it, but I, I think people have legitimate criticisms of it. I really enjoyed watching it. I'd highly recommend it to people um, uh, who are looking for a Pixar movie to watch. I think it's a good family film. I think it's, I liked it better than Onward, but I did like Onward a lot um, as well. I just think, uh, it was good, and it was also one of those things that I wasn't really looking forward to watching this movie for whatever mm-hmm. reason, and it just hit me at the right time and hit me right in the heart. I just feel, right in the for heart. me, I don't know, it, I guess that none of the characters really connected with me too much, and I think part of that is, like, um, Luca and his, like, best friend, I can't remember what the friend's name is. Alberto. Alberto. Their relationship almost seems like kind of a younger brother, older brother kind of thing. And since I'm the oldest brother, like it, it's just like Luca's perspective does not. I, like I, I, I guess maybe I just don't understand it. Um, but I don't know. It, it's, it's like a serviceable movie. It's, it's good. It's got some good themes, good voice performances, some interesting ideas. I think and some like great animation. I think the animation. My biggest f- problem with it is some of like the voice syncing with like the mouth movements, especially when they're fish. Like there's something off about it that I kept noticing, and I don't know what I don't. I don't. I'm not even sure if like the syncing is off or anything, but it just feels like slow. It was weird. Like the animation mm. feels too slow, like just slightly too slow for the voices. Um, it seemed to be fine when they were humans, so I don't, I don't know what the deal was. Um, but besides that, it's it's a very bright uh, movie. It's it has a very great atmosphere. It feels like Italy, like in a small Italian seaside village. Um, it feels like you're playing yeah. Just Cause Three. So a little something for everyone. Um, <laughs> the, I, I think that what, one of the strengths in the animation, this is just kind of a personal thing is like the food looks really good. 
it's like i don't think it's quite to the level that studio ghibli has in their films but this like they just made a lot of like good looking pasta in this movie and i was like you're a big pasta mm -hmm. guy yeah i got hungry i thought the I thought the water looked incredible. Yeah, the water looked just great too. Amazing, especially from like the surface looking back towards the water. I thought that looked incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, photorealistic at times. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I understand people who think it's generic or whatever or, or just kind of uh, fine, uh, but I, it just hit that special chord with me. So I uh, that that made me enjoy it a lot. I'm trying to think of things I specifically want to go into non-spoiler wise. I think this movie's got its funny moments. It's got, it's very much more like child, it's like childlike than soul. I, I mean, obviously soul's like told from an adult's perspective. Mm -hmm. This movie's told from a, the perspective of a, of a young child who's very, um, oh, what am I trying to say? You know, very naive yeah naive about the world but like loves to learn and um you know you they it's they're very uh it's like in a very formative time of his life um so yeah i i, I liked it a lot uh i uh i watched this movie with uh, my girlfriend and her aunt since we were staying at her aunt's place and her aunt's a teacher and she's when the movie ended she's like the most unrealistic part of this movie was the fact that he wanted to learn so bad. <laughs> wow. Um, they, I've met kids who wanted to learn. Yeah. A lot. No, they, they're so. there. Um, but yeah, I was like, if I tried showing this in school, all the kids would be like, what the heck's wrong with that kid? <laughs> what does he want to learn? <laughs> like, it's a trap, man. It's a trap. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, I don't know if I, I want to say anything else non-spoiler-wise. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it's a good time, good family time. It's literally not even 90 minutes to the credits, so yeah. if you have Disney+, Plus, I'd, I'd definitely recommend it. I think it's worth the watch. I also do think, and I've seen this a lot in like criticisms I've read, I think, as a very weak villain. I would say so, yes. Yeah. It's, it's not very good. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess I don't have a ton to say non-spoilers either. What do you, what do you give this yeah. Jimmy? I'm going to give it an eight out of 10. I think my like personal enjoyment level was higher than that, but I think more objectively it plays it safe. It has a good emotional core, but it, it doesn't stand out a ton. So I under, I understand where people did, did, like are disappointed, but with it probably give it a like a six and a half um yeah i don't really see myself returning to it because it, it just didn't really click with me you did mention that it feels very childish so maybe it's one of those movies that like kids will love and it'll be like a childhood favorite of theirs maybe i'm just yeah it won't it won't resonate with you holden because you're so i'm, I'm a jaded mature adult <laughs> <laughs> i don't laugh at poo poo jokes I couldn't even see that without laughing. <laughs> nice. All right, let's go into spoilers, huh? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, spoilers for Luca. Uh... 
I don't know. What do you want to say? I, I just really liked the friendship between Luca and Alberto. Mm-hmm. Like the Alberto character just reminded me of, of so many of my students. So to see him like grow and develop as a person and care about learn to care about other people and put others above himself was like, it's like, oh my gosh, that hit me in the feels. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was also like I could imagine being Luca and like not knowing anything and then learning all this stuff and wanting to know more and more about it. Like I li- I, I mean, not about everything, but I like learning about things, too. Um, so just like that sensation you get when you're really fascinated about something, you find something new to learn about. I think that translated to me as well. Um, I thought their relationship with Julia uh, was was fun and her dad um like i thought he was a funny character yeah. i liked uh machiavelli the cat oh yeah i, I liked um, all three of them i julia was great i mean she's just very fiery personality very like unsure of herself but also a go-getter i liked the dad as you said, he was he was very funny. He reminded me of the dad from Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs. If you've seen that, oh, I don't. I have. I have not seen it's, it. It's it's a lot out, of like in design because I guess this character is a lot nicer than that one, but mostly in character design it reminds me a lot of him. Um, and yeah, the cat the cat was great. Yeah, let's see what other. I I also like the grandma. How she was just like, oh, I'll let him be. Yeah. He, I come here on the weekends when she was snoring and her eyes were like open and Lucas like trying to talk to her. And she's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, um, I, this movie almost broke the, the trend of every Disney movie having a main character with dead parents almost broke it. But then Alberto sa- uh, said something about his mom being dead. And I was like, oh, OK. Did he? I don't remember that. Yeah. Part. Well, uh, yeah. It was around the time where he said his dad left. Uh, I like how the there was like those sheep fish. <laughs> yeah, those were kind of funny. I wish those were in the movie more later on. Yeah. Um, also, the weird uncle. <laughs> did you? He had a little. Yeah, I, I did see that. With the whale carcass. I liked it. Yeah, I liked the first part <laughs> when he, they first introduced him. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, that was pretty good. And he goes into like cardiac arrest, <laughs> punches hard. <laughs> <while> he's talking. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, for me, uh, I, I also liked the music a lot. I didn't think it was like exceptional, but I thought at moments I really noticed it and I thought it really captured the childlike wonder of this of this movie. And I think Childlike Wonder is kind of the overall undertone of this movie. It's like just how Lucas sees the world and he's just like, oh, everything is so cool Mm -hmm. and amazing and I want to learn more and this is awesome. And I love how he just thinks like everything Alberto has at first at least is like so cool and everything Julia has is like, oh, that's amazing or oh, this is crazy. And, um, And I like how the parents, you know, grow too and how they're just <laughs> tried splashing kids and throwing them into the water. I thought that was that pretty was funny. Pretty funny. Um, but like you said, the villain guy, he was pretty forgettable. Pretty lame. Like he's not in, like he, 
he's not even like a bully character where you know like people at least pretend to like him like no one everyone visibly just does not like this guy like at one point he's like no everyone likes me right and then they do like do something to agree with him but like aside from that they're all just pretty visibly appalled at what he's doing and he doesn't he's not like physically intimidating either it's like yeah like i feel like someone would just put this guy in his place yeah he's just a skinny skinny italian teenager (laughs) like yeah i was also very confused at how old he was at first i thought he was a lot older but then it was like no i guess he's a yeah he said he's like 16 well he lied about his age oh oh yeah that's right that's right he's probably like i'm guessing he's like 19 or 20 but uh, yeah, he was not the best part of his the movie. Well, it was, and then at the end, the minions just like team up and beat him up. I'm like, you could have done that the whole time. Well, and I feel like <laughs> it, it, it's like there's a weird disconnect between like him being the rival, like you know, like triathlon person, and then he's just like, oh yeah, I also want to kill the sea monster. <laughs> like it just felt really weird and disjointed whenever he switched between those two roles. One thing that also stood out to me was like when they're signing up to do the the triathlon thing, uh, the race, the Julia like automatically volunteers to go swimming. I'm like, you've been practicing cycling this yeah. entire movie. Why are you volunteering to go swimming? Like, oh, I'm, I thought that was interesting. I'm like, oh, one of them is ha- going to have to swim. But she's like, I'll swim and you two do this. Well, and I thought it was also weird, especially going along with that. She's just fine with Luca being the bike rider, even though he's just not good at it. (laughs) Like when she when they agree to that, like he gets better. But like initially when she decides that he's just very bad at it. Did any nobody threw up at the end, did they? They had so much build up to somebody throwing up at the end. And then it didn't didn't happen. Um, I thought it was funny. Like at the end, it, like when the train was leaving to go to school, I was like, "Are they going to Hogwarts?" <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I think uh, the re- the resolution at the end of the movie seems kind of rushed to me. And I feel I don't know, I don't know. It just feels too simple. It feels like I said this when I watched the movie. I'm like, "Yay, they solved the racism!" <laughs> like. <laughs> It kind of just feels like, oh, all of a sudden everyone's okay with it because this one, because the big tough guy said something. And then, like, not only that, but then, in, like, during the credits, it's like, oh, I guess the rest of the world is just okay with fish people existing. Like, it's. Yeah, I thought that was, that was really interesting, too, um, in terms of, like, that, that's where I'm like, that, that whole theme didn't work for no. me. Like, it's been, and, like, it was done better in Shrek 2. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Almost 20 years ago. So it's like, okay. They they didn't, it seemed like they started the idea with that concept and then they just abandoned it once they realized that the, the real crux of the story was the relationships between these characters. Mm-hmm. But then they didn't completely remove it because it was so integral to the plot. So they just like the kept just a skeleton. So that was that was kind of head scratching i was like that part of the movie didn't work yeah at all i thought um 
yeah, like I said, that that didn't resonate with me. I didn't think it was well done. I thought it was like a, just a super generic idea to begin with. And I think that's why I wasn't very excited for this movie because it's like, well, obviously they're both going to be afraid of each other, but then they're just going to realize they're misunderstanding each yeah. other. And that is literally exactly what happened. But um, I, they, they didn't go about conveying that in a clever way or a unique way um, or even an effective way but um i thought the all everything else about the movie was much much better yeah i agree um i did like towards the beginning of the movie when they're calling everyone in the village stupid (laughs) stupido that was kind of funny um the two old ladies being fish people is like okay (laughs) whatever (laughs) yeah um yeah i think that's about all i have left to say for luca yeah i think so too um uh oh yeah i guess kind of going along with that like going off to school thing though um it's so weird that luca's parents are just like okay with him leaving to go to school like yeah, they see that he becomes, like, more, like, independent. He can, like, be on the surface and stuff. But it's, it seems like such a jump in that short amount of time for them to just suddenly be like, oh, yeah, go to school on the surface. Have fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm whatever. <laughs> and I thought it was interesting how they showed everything, like, where he was at school in the credits. I was like, oh, I thought they were maybe leaving it open for a sequel, but they just kind of showed a lot in the credits, yeah. so maybe not. It was I, those credits were cute. I liked them. Yep, that's all I got. I think same with me. All right, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Jimmy, this week, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I was in Minneapolis for a lot of it, so I didn't watch as much as um as i typically do but i did watch a few things uh i watched one of the only wes anderson movies i hadn't seen yet i watched uh the life aquatic with steve zissou um bill murray movie he's like uh what's that famous french oceanographer guy uh cousteau james can no <laughs> cousteau jacques cousteau yeah he's basically like that kind of figure and he's but he like makes documentaries and stuff and he he goes underwater but his his best friend is like eaten by a shark and so it's his like lifelong mission now to go hunt that shark down um you got a lot of wes anderson favorites in there owen wilson is also there which i thought was it was funny seeing a much younger owen wilson in this movie since this movie's from like 2004 um but and it, there's a lot of hijinks that ensue it's a pretty funny movie um a very weird one even for wes anderson standards but it was enjoyable i liked it um i watched have you heard of ari aster's short film his short film okay no. what which one is it called what's it, is it on yeah you can find it on youtube and i i br- mentioned this with entire viewer discretion advised because it is (laughs) it is 
perhaps more disturbing than his films. Oh my god! I don't know. I it, you'll have to. T- it's it's certainly What's hard it to watch. It's called the strange thing about the Johnsons. Um, I found it on YouTube. Don't look up anything about it going in. It'll be much more surprising if you know. Uh, it's twenty nine minutes. Yeah. Um, it's. I'm gonna watch this after we end the podcast. Probably. Okay. It's. I mean, it's. I don't even remember how I found out about it, but it's. It's good. It's just I don't think I can watch it again. <laughs> well, he's got a couple. This one he's got more than one short. Oh, okay, film. that's well, that's the one I watched. So, this he made this one when he was in film school, and I what I will say about it is he said in an interview that the idea behind the short film was what is the one thing that film school like what is the biggest thing that film school will not let me make like he was trying to make a a movie that they wouldn't want him to make due to subject matter and stuff so very very interesting film um and then besides that i um i watched double indemnity the classic noir film from the 40s it's good i don't know that's one of those movies that a lot of people know and just know it's good i don't have much to add about that um holds up it holds up yeah it was actually from what i understand it was like one of the first like noir style films um because it's not really like a mystery or anything it's it just has a lot of those tropes in it it's more of a thriller but it's it's pretty good um Besides that, I've been watching more Steven Universe. Still pretty good. Um, playing, I've been playing a lot of Hyrule Warriors. Still, I'm still addicted to that game. Um, that's pretty much it, though. Well, hold on. I'm glad you brought up Ari Aster because I rewatched Hereditary. Oh, nice. With uh, my brother, my sister was in town. And she had not seen it. And also my um, sister-in-law, who my brother, sister-in-law, and myself had already all seen it. And Emily was there watching it for the first time. I was like, all right, Emily, here we go. This is going to push you out of your comfort zone a little bit. I got to say, Holden, that movie was vastly improved the second time Mm. watching it. I don't know. I think it was just like knowing, because I think the first time you watch it, the where it it ends up is kind of jarring so it's like it kind of takes you out of the movie at the end um i still recommend not looking anything looking up anything about it before you go into it but the second time i really got to appreciate how everything you know unfolded and how masterfully that story was told it was exceptional like it my appreciation for that film has skyrocketed since then and was a pretty much a unanimous opinion between my brother, my sister-in-law and I that it was better the second time, um, which was a little surprising. Um, what did Emily uh, think? So I, she like, she thought it was good. <laughs> <laughs> she thought it was well done, but it was not her type of movie. Okay. I think is how she phrased it, um, which is a lot of the things I show her. Um <laughs> I think that's her nice way of saying, Jimmy, don't make me watch something like this again, please. <laughs> um, 
so I I would uh, as someone I knowing that you don't really like that movie Holden it'd be interesting if you watched it a second time yeah I probably should to see if your opinion of it changes at all something that did not hold up as well was it I watched it with my sister and my parents which that was my parents were not the target audience for that movie <laughs> um, not as fun as watching it in theaters back when it came out unfortunately still better than the second one yeah though. of course I will say um, still like it but not as good as I remember it being um, I've been playing a little bit more I had only played it last night for a couple hours uh, for the first time in like a week or two weeks uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales fun game I mean it's it's really good I just haven't played a ton of it it's got I just played through a great set piece um, and I, I recommend it. It's it's a lot of fun. It looks great. It's got a lot of like bright lights, neon, a lot of different color shocky things, you know, <laughs> very visually stimulating. But the big thing, Holden, is I finished season one of The Boys. Oh. And I have to say that is one of the greatest seasons of TV I've ever it's seen. It's pretty good. I was not expecting it to be that good. <laughs> And not expecting myself to like it as much as I do. It is toe-to-toe with Breaking Bad for me. Or not Breaking Bad. Uh, Better Call Saul for like the best thing that's on TV right now. Okay. Um, I just started. I'm two episodes into the second season. I love this show. <laughs> like, I can't. I'm like, this is so interesting. Um, I think it's just like I. I Homelander is like I cannot like every time homelander's on screen i just am like oh my gosh this is fascinating the guy who plays um, homelander is in an episode of auntie donna's big old house of fun he yeah is. he's i think in the first episode actually i need to rewatch that <laughs> um in i i just i've loved it i just love it i don't know what to say it's like pretty cynical which is normally not i'm not that cynical but um I don't know. I just, it's, I love how there hasn't really been filler thus mm-hmm. far for me. Everything's been super interesting. I just think it's really intriguing how the world operates uh, in the show. And man, I, uh, every time I think I know what's going on, something crazy <laughs> happens. And I'm just like, holy crap. The amount of times I'm like, holy bleep. Or like while I'm watching it, it's, it's at least a handful. Um, for 10 episodes of TV, that's pretty incredible. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. And then at the end of season one, they just throw in that one, that you know who, that <laughs> pretty prestigious actor. Yeah. He's like, oh, he's in the show now. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I did not know. The, how did I miss well, that? Well, that was something so. I, because uh, I rewatched season one before season two came out. And I, like, rewatching season one, got to the last episode. I was like, oh, I completely forgot that he was, they, they added him to the cast. And then he's, um, I was like, wait, what is, wait, I really liked this show. And now you're just adding him. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> um, So, yeah, I mean, maybe when I finish that, we'll have to, or when season three comes out, we'll have to do a, a review or something. Yeah. Um, Because... I have really enjoyed that show. That's good. I don't think uh, season way more than I thought. I don't I would. think season two is as good, but I think you'll still like where it goes and stuff. It's very interesting. Yeah. So 
I, uh, yeah. Wow. I've been recommending it to a lot of people. That's so. good. Um, yeah. So that, that was good. And once I finish that, maybe I'll have to be able to watch invincible and then I'll be all caught up in the Amazon prime superhero mm-hmm. shenanigans. Um, yeah, I think that's all I got though. Holden. So you ready to take us home? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, so next week we will be doing F9. Um, I actually forgot to mention that I have been watching the Fast and Furious movies, but I think I'll maybe do a, I'll give more of a general opinion next week before we talk about that movie. Um, so hope I will go in with the perspective of having watched all of the Fast and Furious movies and Jimmy will go in with having watched none of them. <laughs> yep. So you'll have that kind of dual opinion there um yeah and then we'll also of course do loki episode three in addition to that um so if you want to leave us a request you can do so by uh leaving us a five-star review on itunes or by leaving us or sending us an email at tompodcast at gmail.com or by donating to our patreon um and that's pretty much it jimmy Sweet. I'm excited for Fanine. Uh, me too. Two Let's hours to and space, 20 minutes. Holden. Two hours and 20 <laughs> minutes. Oh my gosh. Get pumped. Well, <laughs> all right. Until then, uh, adios, pantalones. Love you.